0: time to get ready for the holidays go to oldtimeradiodvd.com forward slash sale and get 10 percent off of all of our great collections of old time radio classic tv classic movies and serials at the lowest prices to be found anywhere visit oldtimeradiodvd.com forward slash sale and save Yes, for all the Apple users, I have a few drives that I purchased for Apple users only at really reduced pricing. Check it out at oldtimeradiodvd.com forward slash sale. You're listening to Horror Old Time Radio. Story by Joan Aiken, read by Miriam Margulies. She was afraid of upstairs. My cousin Tessie that was. Bright as a button she was. Neat as ninepence. And clever too. Read anything she would time she were five. Delicate little thing. Peaky. Not pretty at all. Good she mainly was though. Not a bit of harm in it. But upstairs she would not go. Been like that from a tiny baby she had just as soon as she could notice anything. When my Aunt Sarah would try to carry her up, she'd shriek and carry on, the way you'd think she was being taken to the slaughterhouse. At first they thought it was on account she didn't want to go to bed. You know, maybe afraid of the dark, but that weren't it at all. For she'd settle to bed anywhere they put her, in the back kitchen, the broom closet under the stairs, the lean-to with a copper, even the coal shed. My Aunt Sarah was fair put about with this awkward way of Tessie's, but they only the one downstairs room and evenings. Oh, you want the kids out the way. One that won't go upstairs at night is a fair old problem. But when Tessie was three, Uncle Fred and Aunt Sarah moved to Birmingham, where they had a back kitchen and a little bit of a garden. And in the garden, my Uncle Fred built Tessie a tiny cabin, not much bigger than a packing case, it wasn't, by the back kitchen wall. And there she had her cot And there she slept, come rain, come snow. Of course, the neighbours used to come and shove their oar in. Neighbours always will. Have a child that won't go upstairs. I'd not allow it if she were mine, said Mrs Oakley that lived over the way. It's fair daft if you ask me. I'd soon leather her out of it. For in other people's houses, Tessie was just the same. When she got old enough to be taken out to tea, upstairs she would not go. Anything but that. Of course, they used to try and reason with her when she was old enough to express herself. Why don't you go, Tessie? What's the matter with upstairs? There's nothing bad up there. Only the beds and the chests of drawers. What's wrong with that? And Aunt Sarah used to say, laughing, You're nearer to heaven up there. But no, Tessie'd say. It's bad, it's bad. Something's bad up there. When she was very little, she'd say, Dark woods dark woods and grandfather moon I'm frightened, I'm frightened funny thing that because the old moon itself was sailing in the sky she wasn't scared a bit loved it dearly and used to catch the silvery light in her hands if she went out at night and say it was like tinsel falling from the sky a doctor got to hear of her notions for Tessie had the dip theory one time quite bad with a thing in her throat "'and he had to come ever so many times. "'This isn't a proper place to have her,' he says, "'for her bed was in the kitchen. "'It was winter then. "'They couldn't expect the doctor to go out "'to Tess's little cubby hole in the garden. "'So Aunt Sally began to cry and carry on "'and told him how it was. "'I'll soon make an end of that nonsense,' says he. "'For now she's ill, she won't notice where she is. "'And then when she's better, she'll wake up "'and find herself upstairs, and her phobia will be gone.' That's what he called it, a phobia. So he took Tessie out her cot and carried her upstairs. And my word, didn't she create? You'd have thought she was being skinned alive. Heads was poking out of windows all down the street. We had to bring her down again fast. Well, she's got a good strength in her. She's not going to die of a diphtheria at all events, says he. But he was very put out, you could see that. <laughs> Doctors don't like to be crossed. So things stood when Tessie was six or thereabouts. And then one day the news came. The whole street where they lived was going to be pulled down. Redevelopment, rehousing. All the little two-up-two-downs were to go and everybody was to be shifted to high-rise blocks. Aunt Sarah, Uncle Fred and Tessie were offered a flat on the 16th floor of a block that was already built. Aunt Sarah was that upset. She loved her little house. And as for Tessie, <gasps> it'll kill her for sure, Aunt Sarah, said. At that Uncle Fred got royled. He was a slow man, but obstinate. We can't arrange our whole life to suit a child, he said. We've been offered a council flat, very good, we'll take it. The kid'll have to learn she can't have her own way always. Besides, he said, there's lifts in them blocks. Maybe when she finds she can go up in a lift, she won't take on as much as if it was only stairs. And maybe the 16th floor won't seem so bad as the first or second. After all, we'll all be on one level. There's no stairs in a flat. Well, Aunt Sarah saw the sense in that. And the only thing she could think of was to take Tessie to one of the high-rise blocks and see what she made of it. Her cousin Ada, that's my mum, had already moved into one of the tower blocks. So Aunt Sarah took Tessie out in her pushchair one afternoon and fetched her over to see us. All was fine to start with. The kid was looking about her, interested and not too bothered, till the pushchair was wheeled into the lift and the doors closed. "'What's this?' says Tessie then. "'It's a lift,' says Aunt Sarah, "'and we're going to see at Auntie Ada and Winnie and Dolly. "'Well, when the lift started going up, Aunt Sarah told us "'Tessie went white as a dishcloth. "'and time it got up to the tenth, that was where we lived,' She was flat on the floor, fainted. A real bad faint it was. She didn't come out of it for ever so long. And Aunt Sarah was in a terrible way over it. What have I done? What have I done to her? She kept saying. We all helped her get Tessie home again. But after that, the kid was very poorly. Brain fever, they'd have called it in the old days, Mother said. Tossing and turning hot as fire and delirious with it wailing and calling out about dark woods and grandfather moon for a long time there was too worried about it to make any plans at all but when she began to mend Aunt Sarah says to Uncle Fred now what are we going to do well he was very put out natural but he took his name off the council list and began to look for another job somewhere else where they could live on ground level and at last he found work in a little seaside town Topness, Ness, about a hundred miles off got a house and all so they were set to move they didn't want to shift before Tessie was middling better but the council was pushing and pestering them to get out of their house because the old street was coming down so they packed up all their bits and sticks and they started off Sam Whitelaw lent them his grocery van for the move and he drove it too it was a long drive over a hundred miles, and most of it through wild bear country. Tessie liked it all right at first. She stared at the green fields and the sheep. She sat on Sarah's lap and looked out the window. But after a few hours, when they were on the moor, she began to get very poorly. Her head was as hot as fire, and her hands too. She didn't complain, but she began to whimper with pain and weakness. Big tears rolled down and Anne Sarah was bothered to death about her. The child wasn't well enough to shift yet. She ought to be in her bed. Oh, what'll we do? We're only halfway, if that, says Mr Whitelaw. Do you want to stop somewhere, Mrs? Ahead of them, it was glimmery by then, after sunset of a wintry day, they saw a light and came to a little old house, all by itself, set a piece back off the road against a wooded scarp of hill. The two men went and tapped at the door and somebody opened it. Uncle Fred explained about the sick child and the owner of the house, an old white-haired fellow, Aunt Sarah says he was, told him, I don't have a phone, Lucky. I live here all on my own. But you're kindly welcome to come in and put the poor little mother in my bed. So they all carried Tessie in among them. By that time she was hardly sensible. Up air, says the old man and shows them a flight of stone steps by the wall. Well, there was nothing for it. Up they had to go. The old fellow had two rooms, fitted up as bedroom and kitchen, with an iron cooking stove, curtains at the windows, and a bed covered with old blankets, all felted up. Tessie was almost too ill to notice where she'd got to. Uncle Fred and Mr Whitelaw said they'd drive on in the van and fetch a doctor, if the old man could tell them where to find one. "'Surely,' says he. "'There's a doctor in the village, "'watering under edge, four miles along. "'Doctor Hasty, oh, he's a real good, "'and he'll come fast enough.' "'Where is this place?' says Uncle Fred. "'Where shall we tell him to come?' "'He'll know where it is,' says the old man. "'Tell him Darkwoods Farm.' Well, "'They went, and the old man came back "'to where Aunt Sarah was trying to make poor Tessy comfortable.' The child was tossing and fretting, whimpering and crying that she felt so ill, her head felt so bad. She'll take a cup of my tansy tea, that'll soothe her, said the old man. And he went to his kitchen and brewed up some green drink in an old blue and white jug. Here, missus, said he, coming back. Try her with a little of this. A sip or two did seem to soothe poor Tessie. Bring her to herself a bit. And for the first time she opened her eyes and took a look at the old man. ''Where is this place?'' she asked. She was so weak, her voice was no more than a thread. ''Why, you're in my house,'' said the old man. ''And very welcome you are, my dear.'' ''And who are you?'' she asked next. ''Why, lovey, I'm old Tom Moon, the shepherd, old Grandfather Moon.'' I lay you, never expected you'd be sleeping in the moon's house tonight. But at that, Tessie gave one screech and fainted dead away. Well, poor Aunt Sarah was that upset with trying to bring Tessie round, but she tried to explain to Mr Moon about Tessie's trouble and all her fears and the cause of the sickness. He listened, quiet and thinking, taking it all in. Then he went and sat down by Tessie's bed, gripping hold of her hand. She was just coming round by then. She looked at him with big eyes, full of fright, as Aunt Sarah kneeled down by her other side. No, my dearie,' said Mr Moon, "'you know I'm a shepherd. I never hurt a sheep or a lamb in my life. "'My job is to look after them, see, and I'm certainly not a going to hurt you. "'So don't you be frightened now.' There's nothing to be frightened of, not from old Grandfather Moon. But he could see that she was trembling all over. You've been scared all your life, haven't you, child? said he gently, and she nodded, yes. He studied her then very close, looked into her eyes, felt her head, and held her hands, and he said, No, my dearie, I'm not going to tell you no lie. I've never told a lie yet. You can't be lying to sheep or lambs. Do you believe that I'm your friend and wish you well? Again she gave a nod, even weaker. He said, Then, Tessie, my dear, I have to tell you that you're a-going to die. And that's what's been scaring you all along. But you were wrong to be in such a fret over it, lovey, for there's naught to be scared of. "'There'll be no hurt, there'll be no pain. "'It'll be just like stepping through a door.' "'And I should know,' he said, "'for I've seen many, many sheep and lambs "'taken off by weakness and the cold. "'It's no more than going to sleep in one life "'and waking up in another. "'Now, do you believe me, Tessie?' "'Yes,' she nodded, with just a hint of a smile.' And she turned her eyes to Aunt Sarah on the other side of the bed. And with that, she took and died. Tomorrow, at the same time, you can hear the last of our five haunting tales.